Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Pharmacy truck I hit the other night on its way to OKC. I'm gonna need you to hop out and open up the back. Whoever it was knew exactly what they were looking for. Stop looking at me. Be cool, be cool. So why do you do it? What's in our blood? How'd it go? Yeah, that's what I heard. Hey, happy birthday, buddy. Thank you, Wyatt. Have you met Lawrence yet? Nice to meet you. Out of Walker, doing 25 for murder and conspiracy. Anything major went down, her name always came up. So what's your wife think of this? She knows who she married. I think they really understand how far her reach goes. She wants us to clean it up. I'll do it. Who's there? Dallas and White. Who sent you? Out of red. Follow me. How much is this job? Ten million. Every month, a group of oil men flies in from the Middle East. They bring back cash, deals they don't report. Do this, we're done. That's it. I see that look in your eye, like you're up to something. I know what she turned you into. They know you're gone. Strap up. Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 384, releasing November 5 in theatres across the US as well as digital and on-demand, is Ida Red, a crime thriller that stars Melissa Leo as the imprisoned matriarch of a crime family who asks her son, played by Josh Harnett, to take on one last score that will set them up for life. Also starring Frank Willow, Deborah Ann Wall, and William Forsythe, Ida Red is a character-driven action thriller of muscle and heart that is written and directed by the prolific John Swab. I'm glad to say he joins me once again on the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast. John, I thank you so very much for your time today. Hey, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time again to, to speak to me. Absolutely. Uh, I, I just said to you before, I'm a, I'm a big fan of your films. I always look forward to seeing the, the next John Swab movie. And I was not disappointed whatsoever with Ida Red, um, one of my favorite movies of the year so far, for sure. And what I love about this film is, um, you know, what I read is that this movie is kind of like a homage, isn't it, to kind of like your love of the 70s action films, especially the films of Sam Peckinpah. Is that kind of like where you're going on, uh, going for uh, in the making of this movie? Uh, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, uh, my my I'd say my favorite filmmaker of all time is probably Sam Peckinpah, but 
you know, the, there's so many movies in that in that era that were, uh, you know, really influential to me. But even you know, before me, uh, you know, I, I grew up in the in I was born in '88, so a lot of my early movie uh, references uh, and and experiences were, you know, the movies of uh, Tarantino or uh, Paul Thomas Anderson or Tony Scott or mm. David Fincher, and and they, you know. I didn't know about those uh, those classics. I knew about them, and then as I got older, I wanted to learn what what they drew from. And as I went back further and further, I just found, you know, uh, so many wonderful movies from that from that era. Uh, that yeah, I definitely am, am not shy about my homages in this film too. So, isn't that the great thing about movies? Though I remember when I was younger, maybe when I was like sixteen, fifteen, Serpico came on the TV one night, and I was transfixed by it. And from that, I started watching everything with Pacino, everything with Lamet, and it just goes on and on and on. It's a great way to kind of like just develop a really good film knowledge, isn't it, when you watch those classics? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, it, it's amazing. And, and there's, you know, so much cinema from around the world that I, you know, I've seen a lot of movies and I'm sure you have too. And, but there's still, you know, quite a few doors I haven't opened up yet. And every time I do it, I'm blown away by the things I didn't know and I hadn't seen before. So it's, you know, for me, I didn't go to film school. So really going back and watching these movies after making uh, a couple movies myself and kind of understanding the process a little bit better, um, it, it really opened my eyes and, and taught me a lot about how to approach, you know, especially a film like this. So. Film like Ida Red. It's really interesting. It really talks about kind of like intergenerational crime, like crime families. I think there's a, a quote in the movie by the character of Wyatt, which Josh Hadett plays. He talks about how he does what he does because it's in their, in their blood. It's just part of who they are. And it's really interesting. I was kind of looking up, you know, about intergenerational crime. And I found this study, I think it was in the Atlantic, they talked about how 10% of families accounted for two-thirds of criminals in this particular study in London. It's just like just a, an amazing statistic. When it came to crime families, generational crime families, do you look into kind of like the research in regards to that and how you framed uh, the family in your movie? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. You know, uh, where I'm from in Oklahoma and where the film's based, that you know, it, it's it's interesting. And I I had heard about it, but I wasn't like very informed. But, um, you know, a lot of places kind of have their one you know, crime boss that they're known for, like in, you know, New York, it's very obvious with the five families and, and, mm. you know, there's plenty of, uh, of notable figures that came out of all of that. And then in Boston with Whitey Bulger and so on. I mean, with Oklahoma, the, the kind of one notable crime figure we have is, uh, was a woman named Ma Barker who yeah. was, a, uh, you know, there's been films made about it before, but you know, the thing that fascinated me about it is that it was a family operation with her and it was her sons that she kind of used um, as pawns or as devices to do these things that she was kind of uh, controlling. And uh, and so I, I kind of uh, used that as the archetype for the characters, just that dynamic. And from there, you know, drew influences from all over the place and then also tried to, you know, make it its own thing as well. So... The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by 80s Tees. 80s Tees is an online retailer of licensed t-shirts and pop culture gear from your favorite movies, TV shows, cartoons, video games, comic books, and musicians. Celebrate your inner 80s nerd and click on the link in the show notes below to get the raddest retro t-shirts delivered to your door. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Loot Crate. Founded in 2012, 
Loot Crate is the worldwide leader in fan subscription boxes. Loot Crate partners with industry leaders in entertainment, gaming, sports, and pop culture to deliver monthly themed crates, produce interactive experiences in digital content, and film original video productions. No matter what you geek out about, Loot Crate has a subscription box for you. To get your very own exclusive collectibles, apparel, and gear delivered to your door, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is also brought to you by Voodoo. Watch the latest movies and TV shows anytime, anywhere. No subscriptions, no contract. Enjoy stunning quality in up to 4K ultra high definition at home and download and watch on your mobile device as well. To rent and buy from over 100,000 titles or watch thousands of movies free with Voodoo Movies on us, be sure to click on the link in the show notes below. Now, back to the show. Melissa Leo, um, who plays the, the title character Ida Red, she very much is that kind of Mar Baker of this family. Um, she's terrific in this film. And I, I remember the last time we spoke, we talked about uh, your relationship with her and how she's kind of like a, a mentor figure to you and someone you can rely on in a lot of ways. She has a monologue in this film um, at a parole board hearing, which is just fantastic. I think it's some of the best stuff she's ever done, and she's done some great stuff, right? Um, when you shoot that scene and you watch her act that way, even though you've known Melissa for some time, you've worked with her before, what's your reaction to watching how she did that scene particular? Because I thought it was just fantastic. Uh, well, I, I, I appreciate you saying that. And I remember the moment, um, you know, when I was watching that, uh, that, that take and, you know, uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's always amazing to me when anybody shows up and says my words on camera, um, and, and takes part in, in helping me make a movie that I wrote and, uh, and helping Jeremy and I get this thing done. <laughs> but when somebody like that, um, like Melissa delivers a monologue like that, it, it, I, I don't really, there's no real word for me to describe how it makes me feel. I remember, that monologue and i remember being on the dolly and being pushed in and i wasn't even watching the monitor i was just watching her uh, about you know i started out watching the monitor and then slowly my eyes drifted up and i was just looking at her and i think it's about three and a half minutes long and um i remember walking over to jeremy who's my producer and 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 one of my closest friends in the world and uh and he and i both were like didn't even have words we were like that's that's why she is, you know, arguably one of the greatest actors alive, you know, um, because, you know, there's very few people that can, that can sustain that amount of emotion and energy and take you on a journey in one take like that. I mean, uh, sitting in a chair, not using your hands, only using what you can emote emotionally. And, uh, and I think that's certainly probably the most powerful moment in the movie. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's if it's her best acting ever because she's done some really, really strong stuff and some amazing yeah. work. Um, but, you know, I, I had no doubt at uh, how much power she possesses as a human being and as an actor um, when I was watching her deliver that monologue. So it was it was really special and, and honestly something that, uh, you know, I've only experienced maybe once or twice in my life working on a movie set and, and, and directing. And, and that was that that was pretty amazing. Another scene in that movie, which I absolutely loved, features uh, another co frequent collaborator of yours, Frank Grillo. 
Um, he plays a character named Dallas, who's kind of like the um, the, the uncle figure to Josh Hynett's character. Kind of like just crazy, kind of like wild card kind of um, guy. There's a scene where he's doing a hit, and in the middle of the hit, he does like a bit of a improvisational dance number and, and to the song "Promises, Promises" by Naked Eyes. And I know that because the song was stuck in my head after I watched the film, and I had to look it up. Um, how did does that? How did that kind of come about? Is that something that you script? Do you know what song you want to use? Do you know why you want Frank to do it at that moment, or is that something where? the time was right and maybe it was just time to do a little something creative at that moment. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that scene is, you know, I think one of the takeaways of the movie um, for good reason, but um, it, it kind of, it, you know, it wasn't in the script. Um, but, you know, while, while we were shooting, I, I rewatched uh, a seventies movie, one of my favorite movies, electric light and blue. And, uh, and Robert Blake does a dance um in this cowboy hat in his house alone. And it's really kind of weird and disturbing and, and, and funny. And I thought about it uh, as we were driving to set that day. And I said to Jeremy, I said, uh, you know, I have this idea for, for Frank to dance before he, you know, kills this kills Jay's girlfriend. What do you think about that? And he was like, Oh man, that's a great idea. What song? And I said, I don't know something. We got to find something, and it's got to be something ironic. And and Jeremy's got a—he's a, a a wizard uh, and a savant when it comes to music cues, and especially ones of the '80s. And uh, he dug up a few options, and one of them was "Promises, Promises," and and we just thought it was the funniest thing ever. And so he went out and cleared it that day. And then, uh, you know, we told Frank the idea. He loved it, and you know we said action. I didn't know what Frank was going to do. He just did that. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I knew he was going to dance. I didn't know what the dance was going to look like. And, you know, I had so much fun with it. I made him do it. I think 11 times, even though we didn't need 11 takes, but, uh, but it's, it's certainly something I'm really proud of. And, and was one of those moments in the movie that, uh, you know, you just felt like you're witnessing something that was, that was special and different. So. And it's so cool because, Frank's been in like eight or nine movies this year alone. It's so cool to kind of see him do do something like that because all these performances are different, but to see kind of like that distinction and that role is just so fantastic. And it's really interesting as well, just in regards to a movie like Ida Red, these characters, by all, all means, criminals, killers, um, there's a great scene in the movie where there's a thunderous gun battle between the, the criminals and the police. And, and yeah, at the end of it, you root for these people. You root for the bad guy. A lot of it comes down to just the great writing and great performances in, the, in the, your movie, especially. But what do you think it is about us as audiences that kind of root for what, in a real life circumstance, would be you know the bad guys in the situation? Well, I think you know the reason is, at least in my uh, my opinion is that because it's a family drama and it's about this relationship between a mother and a son and, and we understand what, what, why it's objective is that anything that, that kind of gets in the way of that objective, which is to help his mom um, would seem like a threat to, to not only Wyatt, but to the audience and, and to the objective of the movie. So, you know, in, in this world that, that, you know, um, that the movie exists in, you know, uh, the cops are the bad guys, you know, mm. to the walkers, like they, they've made their way in this world by, you know, evading the police. And, uh, you know, the fact that, that Ida's daughter, you know, in some way betrayed her by marrying a policeman and, and, you know, extricating her from her life, 
you know, it kind of villainizes not only her, but you know, her husband and, and, and Forsyth's character as well. So, um, you know, it was kind of an interesting thing to play with and, and to see if it would work. And I think it did, you know, I mean, cause we are very much on the side of, of Wyatt and, uh, and what his mission is. But I also think that Wyatt, uh, you know, Josh did a great job of playing it, you know, with, with, uh, you know, he's not a detestable character. I mean, he does things that aren't right, but we, you know, when we see Josh visiting his mother, we also see him wearing a lot of guilt and shame around everything that's going on. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like he enjoys this, like his uncle does. Um, so, you know, I think it, it, some of it's due to the writing, but uh, you know, the way the, the actors portray the characters really is the thing that sells it. And I think they did a great job. I think so too. And, I really love Ida Red. It's a movie that really speaks to my sensibilities as a film fan and why I love filmmaking. It really speaks to those movies that you love from the 70s as well, which I'm also a fan of. And for people out there listening, November 5 in theatres across the US, as well as digital and on demand, Ida Red. Really highly recommend people check out this film. Um, John, always love watching your movies. I can't wait to see what we got next. I understand you have a horror film uh, in the works or ready to go. I can't wait to see it's, that. And- yeah, it's, it's, it's done. We're, uh, we're, we're excited to get it out there and we're prepping on another one. We're about to shoot again. So uh, there's plenty coming. I can't wait to talk to you again, Matt. Oh, likewise. And thank you again for your time today and best of luck with the film's release. Thank you.